This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, May 24th. This is episode 293. Only seven away from 300. I'm Dan Ellis, joined via Skype with my other two co-hosts, Mr. Ron Duffy. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah, that's and. And Matt's here too. <laughs> Whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Uh, still living my pandemic life. YOLO. Uh, you, you do only live <laughs> once. Don't let the Christians deceive you. You only live once, so you should probably wear a mask in public so that you don't <laughs> catch the coronavirus and fucking die. Which is still amazing the amount of people who don't think they should take any kind of precautions whatsoever. Yes, that is something that I would like to talk about a little bit more on today's show, the way that they're trying yeah. to take advantage of some particular laws. Uh, I mean, I was watching, not watching, but seeing a lot of stuff come up, because a lot of stuff is opening this weekend. And I think they're opening more for financial reasons rather than being a good reason to open. They want that Memorial Day money. So all the beaches and and clubs or whatever, like all these places have social distancing put in place, but nobody's fucking doing it. Which means it's going to make the numbers go up again and then we're going to have another wave and then we're going to have to go back Uh, into hiding. And yeah, it's just not a good thing. Trump's already said there won't be another, there won't be another closure of the economy for a second wave. Mm. Which I wonder how he figures yeah. he can stop governors from from saying that they're going into a lockdown. Oh, because he has absolute power. Mm. Yeah, and that that's what gets me. I I know we're supposed to be doing a show open right now, but we're just delving into shit, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole War Act power, or whatever you want to call it, where he said he enacted that, mm-hmm. which gives him the ability to make all the ventilators and masks and it's still a state's responsibility to do that. And it's the state's responsibility to, you know, take the action yet churches must fucking open because now they are considered essential and the meat packing plants must open. He's demanding they open underneath the war powers act. Like, yeah, but you did help any of the manufacturing of any of the items or goods that are actually going to help people and the fucking testing. Yeah, it it, yeah. it it really put into stark relief like how little he fucking cares for the lives of his fellow Americans when he won't use the war the the War Powers Act in order to compel businesses to create the things to keep people alive, but he will use it to compel businesses to make people go back to work and possibly die. Yeah. Mm. Because, you know, he's he's a great humanitarian and that sounds something exactly like what Jesus Christ would have done. I don't think he really cares what, or even ever thinks about what Jesus might have done. 
No, I think you're absolutely correct. What kills me is the the number of evangelicals who follow him who believe that he is being very Christ-like and he is a man of God. Right. Yeah, that's the shocker. That he's a deeply spiritual and religious man who is only trying to do what's right for the American people. Uh, Which is bullshit. Yeah. Demonstrably unfucking true. and steal. Yeah. Yeah, I... So, what have you guys been doing over the last... Well, no, fuck that. Let's just talk about other stuff, because I know Matt's got to go <laughs> here in a little bit. We've, we've got a hard stop for Matt here coming up soon. So, uh, one, of the thing, one of the things that I saw that, that's been going around, of course, are all of these conservatives who are saying that they're not going to be wearing masks. You know, that you can't tell me what to do. It's my body, my choice. And, you know, of course. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, of course, my first yeah. question whenever I see that is, oh, I wonder how they feel about abortion. Uh-huh. And yeah. I'm sure that their retort would be something along the lines of, well, you know, me not wearing a mask only affects me, but that's wrong. You know, they would say it only affects me where abortion is killing an unborn child. Okay, well, right. not wearing a mask could affect other people. You could have the virus and you could be spreading that and you could be killing more than one person. Yeah. Mm hmm. In both cases, we're talking about parasitic uh, attachments, too, <laughs> whether it's the virus or the fetus. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's, it's just that bit of hypocrisy. And so then they've also been sharing ridiculous fucking memes that say that they should take advantage of the Americans with disabilities act and tell store owners and shop owners that they refuse to wear a mask. And then because of HIPAA laws, they also don't have to tell those people why they're refusing to, to use a mask. All they have to do is say that, you know, in order to comply with the ADA, you as a business owner have to let me in and you cannot make me wear a mask. And that's oh. just not at all the truth. Uh, the ADA says the business owners have to make reasonable accommodations for people when they can. And as long as it doesn't create other problems for other people, there was a, a viral video that went around earlier this week of a woman who tried to go into, it looked like it was a grocery store and yeah. accosted this person outside the store and was trying to tell them that she needed to go in without a mask. And he stopped her at the door and said, I'm sorry, you have to wear a mask to come in. She said, well, no, I have, you know, I have a, something. A, a, a pre-existing condition. Yeah, I have a condition that makes it so that I can't wear a mask. And so you can't make me wear one if I want to come in the store. And he said, well, I'm sorry, but we can't let you in the store. He, he pointed to their posted policy outside the doors saying that people had to wear a mask. She you know, put on her best Karen impersonation and decided that she wanted yeah. to speak to the manager. So the manager comes out and talks to her and tells her, no, I'm sorry, you can't come in the store without a mask. Uh, if you'd like, what we can do in order to accommodate you is we can do the shopping for you. Give us your list of items. Yeah. We'll go around them up. We'll pay for them. And then we'll bring them out to you. Like, not only would you then not have to walk around the whole fucking store and do all this thing, like we will become your little servants and go into the store and do the shopping for you 
so that you don't have to like we're being as accommodating as fuck for you. And that still, that wasn't good, for, good enough for her. And she said that she was going to sue them and blah, blah, blah before leaving. Another bit of hypocrisy there too, is that, uh, you know, you have the anti-gay cake bakers who should be able to discriminate freely against any protected class yet. They're going to use, turn around and use the protected classes to try to force business owners to do business with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. According to a lot of these conservative thinkers, it's perfectly fine to turn away business from a gay couple. You know, that's the business owner having their freedom. But if that same business owner tells those conservative people that they have to wear a mask in their shop, well, then all of a sudden it's tyranny. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of whiny fucking little babies. There was also the video of the of the guy who was in a Costco and uh, a Costco employee named Tyson came over and was speaking to the to the gentleman. The gentleman then pulled out his phone and started recording and said that he was going to be broadcasting their interaction to his 3000 Instagram followers. <laughs> and yeah. And, and the the Costco employee was just just waved at his phone and said, "Hi everybody." I'm Tyson. Yeah. He's not wearing a mask. And then he told the guy, so you have to leave now. And the guy said, our last time I looked, I woke up in a free country. And now you're telling me that I have to leave. Oh, (laughs) brother. And and the Costco employee just said, yeah. You know, basically just said, yes, you do have to leave. And then he grabbed the guy's cart and started walking away with it. And the guy said something about, well, I'm not a fucking sheep. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well. I'm sure that you didn't come to this position all by yourself because you're obviously a fucking moron. You've been listening to things like, or listening to people like Laura Ingram or Rush Limbaugh who are telling you that it's your, it's your freedom and you don't have to wear a mask. If you want to go into a store, they can't stop you. So tell me again how you're not a fucking sheep. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, frustrating. The, the whole, I mean, it's, it's part of that whole shitty fucking patriot. Uh, patriot movement going on with the whole thing. So I was born a free man and I'm going to die a free man choking on a fucking yeah. respirator hose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all fun. Um, is, have, is it though? Yeah. Is it fun? No, <laughs> it's, it's fun to mock people for being that fucking stupid and inconsiderate, but there are real life consequences for people who do yeah. such shitty things as that, that put the lives of I, other people in danger because they can't be bothered to wear a fucking mask. I almost want to start telling these people like, okay, don't wear a fucking mask. But if you get sick and I have to respond to you because you didn't take fucking precaution, I'm not going to fucking help you. <laughs> yeah. You, you Is that legal. No, it's not. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I like to get the point across then that mm-hmm. you being irresponsible can Puts have negative effects on, on other people. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. I mean, when when you got this group of people that says, "Oh, millennials are so selfish. Oh, if you don't want to have kids, you're just being selfish. Oh, you're just being you're you're not you're an atheist for selfish reasons." Motherfucker, look at yourself right now. Who's being fucking selfish? 
Yeah, who's the one Not who seems about to anyone else? Yeah, who's the one who seems to only be concerned about themselves and nobody else? Yeah. Not taking into account the harms that you may be causing other people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like that. I totally agree with you right there. Like that's I think a bigger issue right now is just showing I guess I mean we've always known people are selfish. I'm selfish. I'll admit it. But when it comes to other people's health, I'm not going to be selfish about that. Right. The other bit of, of news surrounding people who are being stupid and ridiculous in the times of a pandemic, a, a pandemic are religious leaders and politicians who are using it to, you know, as brinksmanship, basically in a war of who's going to push more people to die faster. And we see Republicans mm, yeah. across the country who are pushing to have churches reopen and have people go to these churches when a lot of the states where these Republican governors, by and large, and the president have uh, numbers of coronavirus infections and deaths steadily increasing. They're not going down and they're still pushing no. to open churches to be a giant Petri dish for all of these people to go in and start sharing the virus around with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably their, their motivating factor in that, of course there are many different reasons why they would be doing it. Um, and I'm sure that there are some who are genuinely concerned about the well-being of their parishioners and think that perhaps the best way that they can help them is for them to gather and have that sense of community and social gathering that ignores the very real threat to the health and safety of their parishioners. And they, yeah. they're putting that ahead of those health concerns. You know, they're, they're putting their desire to gather in a, in a social religious community ahead of the health concerns for that same community, which seems really fucking stupid. I think one of the other primary motivating factors for them is I think, I think there are two is that the longer people are away from their religious community, the more easily recognizable it is for those people that their lives don't have to revolve around that religious community or their church yeah. or their religious beliefs. And then those religious leaders, the people who are, you know, the pastors and priests and bishops and imams and everybody else who are accustomed to having people come into their churches, synagogues, temples, what have you, their places, their places of worship and giving money when those people go in there. And it's much harder to get money out of people when they're not in your churches every week. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started a bit of a shit storm on Facebook. Oh yeah. Uh, on the, I think it was, uh, the Salt Lake Tribune's article <laughs> where I just made the comment that when they were talking about people, uh, the LDS church opening back up for certain services. And I was like, time for the sheep to get back in their pen. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> some people thought it was funny. A lot of people didn't think it was funny. And it started some good arguments in the, in the thread. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. It was, uh, it was entertaining. I, I, I'm sorry that I missed that one. That would have been fun. <laughs> I'm curious uh, to know, did, did anybody uh, post any good arguments for returning to church? No, no. Uh, it's mostly like really shitty things, like like 
I'm not a sheep. You're a sheep. <laughs> no, I'm not. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> yeah, so it kind of it, it kind of delved into those shitty type of uh, not even arguments. Like people are just like, oh, that's. I got a few of the the uh, uh, angry faces emojis attached to it. <laughs> this like, hurts my feelings. Don't call me a snowflake, though. I even had to. I even took and did one guy where I went and actually screenshot the, the meaning of a sheep. And I'm like, yes, it means that you are fucking gullible and will follow and believe anything. You motherfucker. <laughs> uh, so one of, one of my preferred tactics when dealing with conservatives is pointing out something that they are factually incorrect about. And then when they get upset about that, pointing out that they're being a snowflake. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that really pushes them over the edge. I'm not a snowflake. Don't call me a snowflake. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a conversation that I had with somebody earlier in the week um, where they made some ridiculous comment on a friend's post. And I replied and used some colorful language as I am wont to do. And this person, sure, it's okay. Yeah. And this person, instead of like addressing any of the main points that I had made in the comment, decided to instead be very offended that I used coarse language. And, oh, of course. Yeah. And so then, you know, my response was, well, geez, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you were so easily injured by, you know, a particular shape displayed on an electronic, not displayed on an electronic screen. And that person also said something along the lines of your parents must be so proud of the language that you use. And then of course, in in the course of our back and forth, this person ended up calling me a dumb fuck and saying that I was using hmm. the phrase snowflake incorrectly. And, oh. and they called me a dumb fuck and then said that I was using the phrase incorrectly. And the way that they had written it, it wasn't clear if they were referring to my use of my prior use of the term dumb fuck or my use of the term snowflake. And, hmm. you know, when they called me a dumb fuck, of course, I had to point out their blatant hypocrisy and being upset at me for using it earlier and then turning around and using it against me. But also they put dumb fuck as two words. And oh, so then I, I had to point out that the term is dumb fuck one word, not dumb fuck you dumb fuck. So yeah, that was the sentence that I ended up typing out to them. The term is dumb fuck, not dumb fuck you dumb fuck. <laughs> So that was fun. Honestly, I have tried to have conversations with people like that. And, and I've learned pretty quickly to identify who is willing to engage in an actual conversation and who is willing to, you know, be uh, an honest interlocutor trying to find out what is true. And by and large, when I see people making comments that are just, oh, well, you, you know, you post this, but it's easily proven that whatever. And it's, it's something unrelated to the post initially, or it's clear that they didn't actually read the article. They're just making a stupid, inane, vacuous, throwaway bullshit fucking comment. Well, then it's clear that they're not really interested in learning anything. And so I'm not very nice to them lately. Hi, I'm Lucian Greaves, spokesperson and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Check out my website, grayfaction.org, if you want to be disgusted and alarmed. You're listening to Godless Revolution. 
All right, today we got something a little different for you all. Our guest today is a Dr. James Tabor, professor of what was it? Uh, I specialize in emergent religions. Emergent religions. Let's talk about your interest in this uh, Branch Davidian cult. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there, Ron. Uh, I would propose that there's no such thing as a cult. Cult is a judgment word used to talk about somebody else's tightly knit religious group. Nobody in the world belongs to what they see as a cult. But there are certain traits you think of when you think of a cult. That's true. Um, the early Christians, by our definition, belonged to a cult. So you're saying Jesus was a cult leader. I wasn't saying it exactly like that, mm -hmm. but um, no, by the common definition of cult, yes. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Well, speaking of uh, COVID versus religion. Segway! Um, in, Win <laughs> <laughs> in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, the United States District Court is allowing North Carolina churches to hold indoor services by granting a temporary restraining order on religious gathering restrictions. Um, the plaintiffs filed a complaint saying Governor uh, Roy Cooper's Executive Order 138 concerning COVID-19 and worship services of more than 10 people being outdoors, quote, violates the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. I don't think it does, though. I don't think so either. <laughs> The court document goes on to note, quote, there's no pandemic exception to the Constitution of the U.S. or the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. Plaintiffs have demonstrated that they're likely to succeed on the merits of their free exercise claim concerning the assembly of religious worship provisions in Executive Order 138, that they will suffer irreparable harm absent a temporary restraining order, that the equities tip in their favor and that a temporary restraining order is in the public interest. Thus, having considered the entire record and governing law, the court grants plaintiffs motions for a temporary restraining order. Close quote. Hmm. Seems to be specious reasoning. I don't think they're taking into account the harm that comes with this decision. And it's not just the harm to the individual, it's the harm to the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, there's a reason why... We don't see people protesting the shutdown of a restaurant for, for health and safety violations. So like, oh, I don't want to eat at a place that's not safe to eat at. Unless it's COVID. It's my right to eat there. It's my right to get yeah. to get whatever disease and be sick and shitting myself for a week. That That's my right. Yeah. And it baffles me, too, because if their God is all-powerful, all-knowing, can hear them, he's everywhere— what does it matter if they are gathered together? You know, they're right. And there are a couple competing things here. There's the phrase about when two or three gather in my name, there I will be or whatever the fuck J rock apparently said way back when. <laughs> and then, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and then there's the other, then there's the other thing about, you know, if you're going to pray, do it, do it in silence to yourself. You know, private, you yeah. Yeah, you don't need to be out in public or or a gathering of different people. Weird that there are so many inconsistencies that are open to interpretation within a book from an almighty, perfect being who would have known about the changing language 
and evolving meaning for different words and phrases. And, you know, this stupid fucking God decided to communicate all of this to ignorant goat herders and have them put it all in a written language that then is translated, transcribed, revamped, reworked, reorganized over and over and over again. Oh, it sounds like a really good plan, God. That's very good. Right. That's great. <laughs> You're a super smart mm-hmm, God. Mm-hmm. Super smart God who's totally, totally worth having people get on their knees and worship you all the time because you're such a good guy and you can kill, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. And then they'll say that it's because you, we should, we're worshiping you harder. <laughs> it all just drives me nuts. I'm, I'm getting really frustrated at just how fucking stupid and gullible so many different people can be. And I know that there are a lot of times that I am stupid about things that I've said, stupid things I've done, stupid things, but I also try to make sure that I work to be better, that I try to learn new things. And when I do learn something new or when I learn to do something better, I do that. I don't continue to cling to this bullshit fable that I heard years ago just because somebody told me that I always have to do that. Mm-hmm. You've adjusted your ideas with information. It's almost like I don't allow dogma to rule my life. What? Oh, weird. But that's such a good movie. I want that movie to rule my life. I love <laughs> Kevin Smith. <laughs> that definitely had some good parts in it. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen Dogma. <laughs> I've always liked it. Uh, I don't like their dissing on Wisconsin, though. <laughs> Why is that? Because <laughs> I don't like when people diss on Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, it's the no. land of cheese and, and mass murder, so. And, and apparently in dogma, it's also hell. Serial killers, yeah, sorry, not mass murders. Because, because in dogma, <laughs> that's where the uh, archangels come from. Yeah. Wisconsin, which is hell. <laughs> Wisconsin seems like an okay place, but a lot of the politicians there seem to be absolute dumb fucks. That's true. Yeah. Um, but in a place where beer flows like water, you kind of forget shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ron Johnson is not my favorite person. No. Uh, I am disappointed with how conservative Wisconsin, I don't know if it has become or has always been. I guess I didn't pay attention to politics when I was younger Mm. uh, to see how conservative it was. But, you know, all my friends I've kept kept in contact with from back home, I would say 90% of them are rather very liberal. Mm -hmm. A few of them I know that have worked directly with like Planned Parenthood, trying to get directly involved with politics and helping stuff out in the state. So, I mean, those friends of mine back there give me hope, but yeah, Wisconsin has, yeah, gone conservative. <laughs> well, it's gone Trump. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it seems that, that that number is changing. I think the last uh, national polling I saw between Biden and Trump in Wisconsin had Biden edging Trump out by two or three points. So... I think a lot of the people who no, I believe it when I see it. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the people who are initially on the Trump train are realizing that it's a train to nowhere. He's just 
launching I mean, them off a cliff? I don't know, man. I, I don't I, know. I'll say this. The Trump supporters that were not xenophobic, racist people that were so the smart Trump voters, I'm trying to find a way to say the Trump, the smart Trump voters are hopefully switching sides. Yeah. Because there's some of them that just voted for him straight out of, I don't, I don't fucking know why they voted for him. I don't know if it was the abortion issues. I mean, cause we've talked about before how being more liberal, we tend not to be a single, uh, single issue voters. Mm-hmm. Where if there's a single issue they don't agree with, we won't vote for them. Mm-hmm. Where Republicans, as long as they agree with one issue they have, they'll vote for them. So I'm looking at a website here called 270towin.com, and it has a bunch of okay. has a bunch of different polls. This one is all about. I mean, all of these are specifically for Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, looks like the earliest poll they have posted on this page is from February 27th. And it had Biden and Trump split 46-46 each. That was from Marquette Law. The next one is March 9th from Yahoo and YouGov. And that had Biden at 44, Trump at 42. Uh, Is it bad that whenever I see anything from Yahoo, I don't trust it? Yahoo! (laughs) I can't keep my eyes to go that high. (laughs) (laughs) Yahoo! Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of Yahoo's. Uh, the next one is public policy from March 12th. It has Biden at 48, Trump at 45. Uh, Baldwin Wallace University has uh, Biden and Trump at 45 each on March 25th. Marquette Law on April 1st is 48-45 for Biden. Heart Research on April 13th is 48-47 for Biden. Ipsos Reuters poll on April 22 has 4340 for Biden. Uh, the next public policy These one. They're all way too close. Yeah, but they're they're moving farther apart because the next one, next public policy is April 23rd. It has Biden 50, Trump 45. Marquette on May 12th has Biden 46, Trump 43. And then the most recent one that they have here is May 21st. It has Biden 48 to Trump's 38. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of Trump's mismanagement of the pandemic is being reflected in polls currently. And then I think I'm telling you right now, a lot of Republicans aren't seeing it that way. Well, they're denying the fact of reality then. I mean, we have polls across the nation. That's why they're Republicans. (laughs) That's why they they do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just saying, you know, every poll that I've seen everywhere basically says that Biden, you know, it's it's his to lose, which he seems almost determined to do sometimes (laughs) with the gaffes that that he does, but. I think it's really yeah. going to be highly dependent on his running mate. Oh, I agree. His running mate is going to be mm. what makes or breaks him. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, typically uh, a vice presidential uh, candidate or running mate for whoever is running for president helps a little bit, but not a whole lot. I think 
I think this election, the VP selection could be determinative. Well, I, I mean, hmm. it, it used to be that the VP was a throwaway. If you got the VP slot, you were stuck in a closet. Yeah. But more that history has gone on, your VP makes a big difference. I mean, I look at McCain when he picked uh, yeah. Palin. Palin. Yeah. That, I think that crushed him. Yeah, that re- that really hurt his chances. I think if he didn't pick Palin on that one, he might have had a chance at beating Obama. But yeah. his pick of Palin is what really fucking killed him on that. And you mean like Tim Kaine might have been a bad idea? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's, there's, there are some, I mean, very bad people you can pick for VP. Your VP pick is very fucking important. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah, I it agree. used to not be, but now I think it 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 really sways where people are going to vote, uh, depending on your VP pick. Well, and I think you know in this election with Biden being as old as he is, there's there's little chance that I think he would run for a second term. I mean, I I could be absolutely wrong about that. He he very likely could. I I just don't know that I see it. Um, As, and I, I with would say his, it on how healthy he is. Yeah, and, and well, mean, and he, I was going to say be relatively healthy. Yeah, well, and I was going to say too that you know a lot of that hinges on people's fears about the pandemic and his age yeah. and the group that is you know most affected by the pandemic. You know, our our septuagenarians, our octogenarians, who are uh, you know for for them this virus is much more risky and has yeah. a much higher mortality rate. And so I think when, when people look at their concerns around the pandemic and then look at the age of the nominee, they want their running mate to be somebody young and more progressive. And I think, yeah. So I think, and, and that's, yeah, it could be I, a I determinative that's, thing. That's, that's the thing he's got to, uh, Toe the line on is how progressive his running mate is. Because yeah, if, if, if they're actually voters, well, I mean, if they're actually progressive, but if you want to flip some Trump voters over to you, I think if he goes too progressive with a running mate, it's going to dissuade people that would have voted Trump from coming to his side. Yeah, well, I think. But then who cares? If he doesn't go progressive enough, it's going to. The burning or bust crowd won't fucking vote. Yeah, and I, I think so. It, I, I, I don't see them. Act. They're not. They're not going to vote for Biden anyway. Yeah, I think even, even if he had AOC as his VP, I don't think they vote for him anyway. This is Natalie Newell of Science Moms and the Parenthetical Science Podcast. You are listening to the Godless Revolution. I can't help but notice a trend that when God comes to talk to modern day prophets. It seems one thing he always tells them to do is have sex with lots of young women. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! The last one I saw that was being investigated as to be a uh, running mate was uh, Amy Klobuchar kind of surprised me well and so real quick i want to say that all of that got blown way out of proportion by a bunch of people who are fucking stupid i saw a bunch i saw a bunch of people 
posting the CBS article saying that Amy Klobuchar was being vetted as uh, the vice presidential yes. nominee. Yeah, I just apparently, saw being vetted. Yeah, a- apparently not understanding that she's not the only person being vetted. Yeah. Like, they, they posted yes. this without having much of an inkling at all about how the process works and didn't stop to even think for a moment that she wasn't going to be his, his running mate. They all posted it as if the decision was made that Amy Klobuchar is going to be Joe Biden's running mate, unless there's something that turns up in the background investigation that would disqualify her. Which is probably why I saw it posted so much. And it came to my attention that she was being, considered and i didn't see in the article when i read it i didn't see who else was being considered which kind of the shitty thing that they put in there saying hey she's not the only one being considered which yeah there's multiple i mean yeah well i think i they, know you said you think, wanted elizabeth uh elizabeth warren yeah, to be considered yeah but i think you're missing the other side of it. like you you've already said it yourself she could probably do better keeping her seat she already has versus being a VP. Yeah. Well, I think either way, I mean, her, I think her seat is safe. If, if she leaves, there may be somebody who would occupy it temporarily. The problem with picking Warren as his running mate is that that would turn off a lot of, you know, people who are looking to hopefully have another POC, another person of color, yeah. join the administration toward the top of the ticket with the expectation that after Joe Biden finishes his one, possibly two terms, that, the, that whoever he picks as his VP could be the next president of the United States. And so, so they're so looking, are we they're looking at that someone more, someone African-American or Latino to be his running mate. Yeah, I think particularly after his recent gaffe on on the show with Charlemagne the God, where Biden now uh, it was it was I definitely a gaffe. I haven't watched it, but <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go and guess was the gaffe relative to the conversation? Yeah, it was. Um, and we can talk about that more in a second. I want to go back for just a moment and say um, that yes, I you know I I would love to see Elizabeth Warren as the VP pick, but with the, the recent gaffe from Biden on that show that it's going to be, I I think it will be either Stacey Abrams or Val Deming Um, or Oprah. Imagine that. No, 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 I mean that everyone gets a free car. Come on, there, there could be there could be a worse. You pick, get a but... Medicaid, and you get a Medicaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there could be a worse pick, but that one would be pretty bad. I, well, I think I think it might. It would certainly help uh, Biden's chances, but I, I don't want President Oprah. That's that's a bad idea. I think. Yeah, I was just putting in a different billionaire. And one who, Mm-mm. for whatever reason, seems to seems to have it out for atheists in several of the comments that she's made over the years. I'm not a huge Oprah fan. I, I think Oprah does a lot of great things, and I think a lot of what she does is awesome. I'm very disappointed in the language she uses surrounding non-believers and the atheist community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she, you, 
Yep. You go and find the old um, uh, broadcasts during the whole uh, Satanic Panic era, mm-hmm. which are fucking disturbing when you watch those now. Mm-hmm. They would have been disturbing to me then. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all crazy. <laughs> and... I, I'm trying to remember there was something else. We we started going down one trail, and I was like, I want to go back. And now I can't remember what the I know, it was. fucking happens all the time. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was it was somewhere around the Klobuchar situation oh, conversation oh. where you switched. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, there. I, I have a friend on Facebook uh, who is a young person. She is... I think she she might be Gen Z. I think she is Gen Z and likes to put on airs that she's very informed and knows what she's talking about and tries to speak very authoritatively on various political subjects. And a lot of the posts that I've seen her make about Joe Biden are just factually fucking wrong. And some of the things that she says you know, give away that she doesn't really know what she's talking about a lot of the time. And when questioned Mm -hmm. about these things, she just disappears. We had a conversation months ago um, on my timeline talking about how Bernie Sanders, who I really, really like is also also has one of the very worst voting records as far as actual, as being able to be, in Congress and cast votes, like he has a really, really high absentee rate where he just, where he just doesn't cast a vote for anything. And I think he, I think he was ranked number two, like in all of Congress for senators who, you know, have, have the highest number of absentee or missing votes on things. And she tried arguing with me that that wasn't correct. You know, and then, and then when I said that, you know, yes, it is actually, and here are the results from the YouGov listing all of the times that, you know, he could have voted and didn't, and his ranking as far as percentage of votes that he could have participated in and did not versus every other, you know, senator in Congress. And then she moved the goalpost and said, well, you know, he's also ran for president a couple of times. So he's been out on the trail and I said, okay, well, sure. But even if we take that into account, he's still in the top five as far as absenteeism. Yeah. Being on the trail is only every five or four years. Yeah. So then, so then it shifted to, okay, well I'll have to look into that more and I have other things going on right now, but I will be sure to return to this conversation tomorrow and, and continue it. And I'm looking very much forward to it. And of course, just abandon it. Like no, no comment any further at all. And then more recently, uh, there was another conversation where she made a post and I pointed out that one of the, you know, a few of the things that she had said in there were factually incorrect. And then she said, oh, well, I'd like to learn more about that. You know, can you, you know, I, can we talk about this later? And I'm like, well, you know, there's this old saying about fool me once, shame on you, <laughs> fool me twice. And I just did the ellipses dot, dot, dot. And then most recently she shared that Amy, that CBS article about Amy Klobuchar being vetted. And yeah, after some back and forth, you know, I, I said, do you, do you think that she's the only person who is going through the vetting process? And 
Then there was some more back and forth. And then she mentioned, well, you know, I don't know why it, it, it couldn't have been, you know, that they would have listed or he would have chosen somebody else like Buttigieg or, and she named a few other people. And my next comment was, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, are you completely unaware that Biden has already committed to having a woman be his vice presidential nominee yeah. and that it's probably going to be someone of color. So, you know, if you like, you've said that you're super aware of how the process works and what Joe Biden is doing, but then you post this thing saying that Klobuchar is going to be his pick, which is absolutely fucking wrong. I mean, it could end up being that way ultimately, but that's not <laughs> the gist of what's going on right fucking now. And then you mentioned that Buttigieg could have been a pick. Like, were you unaware that he's committed to having yeah. a woman be his running mate? And rather than respond to that, she just deleted the whole thread, like deleted the whole post <laughs> and has never mentioned it again. Like Take I your toys uh, and run away. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought maybe I had missed something. And so I sent her a private message and just said, I'm sorry, I, I may have missed something. Do you, did you delete that post about Amy Klobuchar? And to date, I have not received a response to that either. So I get frustrated when I try to have a genuine, civil, nice conversation with people. And I was saccharine, sweet, nice throughout that entire thing. And it got me nowhere. So yeah, it's something mm -hmm. that that has reinforced again to me, and it's a lesson that I, I don't know, I get hit over the head with it three or four times a year at least. That for some people, it doesn't fucking matter how you speak to them, you know, how what words you use or how you use them, the intonation you use, anything like as nice as you are to them for some people it just doesn't fucking matter because they will never ever acknowledge that anything they believe is wrong and they are immune to absorbing mm -hmm. new facts and information yep and it's just been of a, a point of deep frustration for me <laughs> when i try to be respectful i try to find out if i'm wrong and I try to point out where other people may be mistaken about things and it just does no good. And yeah, so it, it tends to make me not want to engage people, especially if I have a whiff of them being disingenuous in wanting to engage in a conversation. Yeah. And, then it's, assholes. and then it's just going to be a total waste of my time. So why would I waste my time? When I can, you know, when all of my past experience has led me to understand that the most likely outcome of this interaction is that one of us blocks the other or, or we just end up calling each other names. Yeah. So sometimes I just don't comment and other times I, I just immediately start laying in with, okay, so you're a stupid dumb fuck. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> And then I feel bad about it and think that I should do better. I don't know. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So how is your mother doing? Uh, not very good. Yeah. She's, um, she's at that point where she doesn't really want to eat or anything. She 
just wants to be done with everything. Yeah. Um, she's in kind of a much more of a clinical environment than the, the nursing home. And she can't get out unless they, unless she tests negative. Um, and then, you know, another couple weeks, but her last test, she was inconclusive, which I don't know how that happens, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's not a good enough for a release. So she's not too happy. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand her being frustrated and wanting to go back to, to a place that is more familiar and comfortable for her. Mm-hmm. But I hope she understands yeah. that, you know, they're not doing it to be mean to her. <laughs> they're, they're trying to keep other people safe. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what she thinks about that, to be honest. Hmm. If it was me in that situation, she'd just say, you know, buck up. That's just what you have to do. But when it's her thinking about herself, I don't know. I don't know how she would. She probably just feels bad for herself. Yeah. Doesn't really. Isn't anything. really considering anybody else. Yeah. Well, I guess that would fit with, uh, with a narcissistic personality. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you've got to go soon, so uh, we'll we'll start wrapping things up here. But I wanted to say before we go that uh, I have decided that I will go golfing this week. And what? Yeah, yeah. Well, and a big part of that is that I have seen over the last few weeks the numbers coming down, and um, you know, there. Of course, we still have a pandemic going. But the golf course where I will be playing, you have to pay ahead of time. They limit the number of people that are able to be in the clubhouse. Uh, You are not supposed to rake your traps, you know, any sand traps at all. Uh, You're not supposed to remove the flag. You're supposed to uh, maintain social distancing. And also it's in Davis County. So Mm -hmm. I will be. So you'll go ahead. You'll bring it up there. (laughs) (laughs) For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, you know, Tracy and I have basically just been sequestered here in the house for the past couple months. And I think yeah. I've, I think I've left the house three times to go to the store. It's either three or wow. maybe, maybe four times total. So that's the current plan is that I will go on Tuesday. And I, I want to say that a big part of what motivated me to actually do it is Trump is golfing again. Well, no, but <laughs> but I was contacted. So every year there is a match play tournament that takes part that takes place uh, throughout the season. Right? For those who don't know, uh, match play is it's a head to head competition, and it's not based on your total number of strokes. It is based on the number of holes that you win or score better on. Right? And of course, it's handicapped. So. You know, if one person so is a is a much better golfer than the other, <laughs> then then the other person uh, gets to take you know an extra stroke on the hole or whatever or whatever the case may be, depending on their handicaps. But ultimately, you you know you have to play one match per month through the end of the season as long as you remain undefeated. So my first match has to be completed before the end of the month, which is drawing to a close very rapidly. Yeah. Uh, we ordinarily would be playing on Tuesdays for the 
the Men's Association Twilight League. So I'll be killing two birds with one stone and hopefully no people uh, by playing on Tuesday. <laughs> I'll get the I'll get the men's twilight tournament uh, out of the way and my first match play. But the thing that really motivated me to do it, and you, some of you who pay attention to my Facebook timeline may realize what's going on. Um, the person that I have been paired against for my first round is the former chief chief of police for Roy city who resigned, uh, in disgrace (laughs) several years ago, uh, because he had been carrying on an affair with, I think he was at the time 50 something, 52 or something like that. And was carrying on an affair with a 24 or 27 year old, uh, clerk somewhere within the police department. And then he did a bunch of other things too, that ultimately led to an investigation where they were going to determine his ultimate fate. And instead of allowing the investigation to run its course, he resigned instead. And so I will be playing against him and everything that I've seen about him online, uh, would indicate that he's kind of an asshole. And so Uh with him being the former chief of police, I also had to go and order a bunch of Black Lives Matter t-shirts and gear. I saw that. (laughs) And we'll be wearing that during our match on Tuesday. So I might have a fun story to to report next week. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't didn't realize that was the reason behind it. Now it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) So, well, and I've, I've, That's hilarious. yeah, one, I've been wanting to get some Black Lives Matter gear anyway, but then when I realized who I was going to be playing against on Tuesday, I thought now is the perfect time I have to order like, and so then it was because when you go and order something online, uh, with the pandemic, you get wild shipping estimates, you know, some of them say that yeah. it won't be delivered until June or July. So then I had right. to, so then I figured, okay, well, I'll order from a bunch of different outlets, a bunch of different shirts, and then hope that at least one of them arrives. But by the time I have to go and play against this former police chief and they all arrived on time. So I, I will be, all right. I'll, I have a good selection to choose from when I go and play against him. And I think that'll be a whole Very lot of cool. Fun. <laughs> Well, that'll wrap things up for us this evening or this afternoon on a Sunday. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. So I think I start off with uh, Alan Firth. Christy Kalbach. Skatheist. Stephen Andrus. Let them meet Kofefi. Two skeptical chaps. Vanessa. Don't be a Richard. Ollie Olson. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodopich. Jeremy Goodson. Jeff Peterson. Megan Mitchell. Tim Jacobson. Janet Uter. Savita Kuna. Purple Dragon. Captain Samples. Corey Ebert. Freethinker215 and Apu Nahasapima Petalon support the Philadelphia Ethical Society. Damn it, I fucked up right at the end. Well, <laughs> I fucked up on society Taylor of all words. Mind. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Okay, and, t- and Taylor Grin. Who doesn't mind that you fucked up? <laughs> sorry, I, I think I was laughing or talking over you when you said it the first time. <laughs> oh, that's good. Thank you both very much for joining me. And so until next week, crucify Karens who won't wear masks. Fucking leave a review, Carol Baskins. <laughs>
and rate the show five times a day toward. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was wood. Jesus. Well, that'll wrap things up for us. Splatters of food over. Splatters of food over. Bad over But that'll wrap a fidgeting. That'll wrap. <laughs> Damn it. Now I'm going to have a hard time not smiling and laughing. Um, but that'll wrap like things. Like a Bigfoot impression. <laughs> <laughs> I oh fuck! I almost forgot about that. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, how do you forget? <laughs> I I got. I, there are a few times that I've laughed that hard. That was that was a lot of fun. I'll, I'll have to see if I can find that again. That was funny. So I was kind of thinking this week that there's not really the the atheist culture is kind of small. Always has been throughout humanity. Mm-hmm. But religious cultures always had sort of a stranglehold on the arts and those kinds of things. So, yeah, yeah that's where a lot of art comes from, yeah. for sure. So I've decided to revise a. Have you guys heard of the footprints in the sand? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ubiquitous Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one I carried you, my son. Right. So yeah. I've I've decided to revise that and make. Hey it Jesus, something... what the fuck? There's only one <laughs> set of footsteps when shit was really hard, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've revised it. Mm-hmm. And it's called Bigfoot Prints in the Sand. <laughs> <laughs> One night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with Bigfoot. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene, I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints. Other times only one. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low periods of my life... When I was suffering from anguish, sorrow, or defeat, I could only see one set of footprints. So I asked Bigfoot, Why, when I needed you most, have you not been there for me? Bigfoot replied, (laughs) The end. Uh, (laughs) Are you okay, (laughs) Dan? You could probably cut the music now, I think. No, because that music goes really well with Dan's laughing. Wait, wait, he's still laughing. He's still laughing. Oh, yeah, pauses. <laughs> expecting that. Was was not expecting that at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, not exactly funny, but uh, a little bit of a misdirection. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take a break here for a second while Dan collects himself. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.